The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Hey guys, this is Lo, and this is your new episode of I Love Wellness. Very excited for today's show and to get all of her wellness tips, which I feel like we're all after right now. Uh, we have the amazing AJ Andrews on. She is a TV host with DraftKings, East Bay, and Players Tribune. She's a motivational speaker, a professional softball phenom who has been on the cover of the ESPN Body Issue. And you are coming out with your own podcast soon. Congratulations. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. So excited. Of course. So first, tell us about your new podcast that's coming out and when our listeners can catch up with you on your new show. Absolutely. So the new podcast is called Barry Breaking Women, and I will be talking to all black and brown, phenomenal women, women, women in sports, <laughs> in sports, and really just discussing the unique experiences that they've all individually had in order to reach a level of success and how it is that they are continuing and achieving all that they are in this time. Cool. I can't I'm so excited. Congratulations. Thank you. Me too. So And I'm sure people bring this up all the time, but you were the first softball player in 10 years to be featured in the ESPN Body Issue magazine. What was that experience like for you? And when did that happen? Yeah, so I was in the body issue in 2017. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was, it was just, it was so fast and so exciting. And I, I remember getting an email and I was asked to be in the body issue. And, you know, my first thought was like, Oh my God, what's my dad going to say? <laughs> How am I going to convince my dad to be okay with this? Were you and, naked in your picture? Yeah, completely. You're completely wow. naked. So I actually, my photo shoot was on, I, I feel like it was like this dried lake. It was a dried lake. It's very, just everything was disclosed. Like you couldn't know any information. So I got picked up. I, you know, really trusting. I got picked up in Beverly Hills and drove like somewhere in between Nevada and California. It was like a four hour drive. And really only people on set was the woman that was really in charge of the whole, the whole distribution. And then there was my photographer and his assistant. So those are only three people ever really saw me naked, but yeah, I was fully naked. It was a full day. So sometimes people think I'm there for a couple hours, but I was there from like 11 a.m. to like 8 p.m. taking wow. photos all day. So I thought it was absolutely amazing. And, you know, being the first woman, as you said, softball player in 10 years, I was really excited to represent all the softball girls. Yeah. So I'm curious um, about your evolution in your career. So did you play softball in college? When did you start? Like, tell me what it's like to be a professional athlete, like in this area. I'm very interested. Yeah, things change. They evolve so much. Like now girls are starting to play softball competitively at like six years old. I didn't start playing competitively until I was around 11. You play travel ball softball, which is really competitive softball. You get recruited. So I got recruited probably my, I think it's my junior year in high school. And I ended up going to LSU to play softball. And so I played there all four years, an amazing experience, amazing school. And I got drafted number seven to play professionally in 2015. Mm -hmm. And that team I was drafted to Chicago. And so from there, it just kind of 
it just kind of kept going as far as my success with softball. But while, you know, you don't hear much about it as much, it's really similar to really any man, their process as far as, you know, getting drafted and going on to be pro. That's so cool. So are you playing actively right now as a professional? Yeah. So my team, it's really, I'm playing with the new league. It's called Athletes Unlimited, which just started in this mm-hmm. past August. Cool. And so due to quarantine, we had to be all in Chicago, all in one bubble, but that's where mm-hmm. we were. That's so cool. Congratulations. So how did like your career evolve into hosting for DraftKings and things like that? Like, do you, I feel like DraftKings is a super like male dominated environment. Like how did that come about for you? Yeah. A lot of things happened with me as far as just keeping relationships with different people. Mm-hmm. I honestly didn't know I wanted to become a host. I wanted to be a sports agent my majority of my life. Mm-hmm. And I be decided I want to become a host my senior year in college. And so <laughs> cool. I was like, okay, well, how are we going to do this now? And I went on and decided to get my master's degree in mass communication and broadcasting and just met a lot of people through the sports world, met a lot of people through my, uh, degree and so you know for me it was just keeping those I just put a lot of things out on social media Mm -hmm. and a lot of what I was doing and someone from DraftKings actually emailed me and was like AJ we love what you're doing we want to know if you would like to do more of it with DraftKings and so honestly that he emailed me probably in 2016 and I didn't start working with DraftKings until this year so it's been a four-year relationship up to this point where I'm actually hosting and getting to talk but you know I think that that's the power of building relationships and keeping them. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, I feel like on my socials too, and, you know, just being in the industry for a long time, people are like, how do you make this happen? And I'm like, you just have to put stuff out there. You just have to start and you just have to commit to it and keep going. Eventually something will come of it. So I feel like your experience with that is a great example (laughs) of that journey. (laughs) And, and, you know, it's such a great point that you make, because I remember even starting, I was so frustrated. I'm like, like, well, what is there? Are we ever going to work here? Am I ever going to do hosting? Like, and then I just trust me, it kind of sometimes those four years, it it builds up to one year just taking off. And 2020 was kind of my year where everything took off. (laughs) That's amazing. Congratulations. Um, So as a college and professional athlete, how do you describe your relationship with health and wellness and how has it changed over the years? I mean, you are on a wellness podcast, but (laughs) I I love talking about sort of like the career aspect, but for you, I have to imagine that your relationship with your body and staying healthy is, is critically important to you. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, for a really long time, my idea of what health was, was just not eating sweets however many times a week. That's what I thought health was. And then, you know, I got to college and decided, and I began learning more and more about my body was being put in a lot of pressure situations where my body was forced to handle a lot more than I was doing in high school. And I personally was always very muscular in high school. And so I was very, I had a very critical relationship of my own body. I didn't want to get too quote unquote masculine, right? Because that's what I had been told for so long. Like, ah, I don't want to look like a man. And then it wasn't until college where I'm like, girl, these muscles are going to get you that all American that you want. (laughs) And so it really, you know, that's when my mind really started to change. And I really decided to be more strict on what it was I was eating, what it was that was going to help me build that muscle instead of maybe maintain what I already had. Yeah. you know, my relationship with wellness, it continues to evolve, but it wasn't until I had surgery actually two years ago that I really dove in. And now I'm 
completely holistic. And that really just came from me wanting to find ways to heal faster from my surgery. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's just kind of how it keeps going and really wanting to make sure before when I didn't want muscles, now I'm trying to get more of them. So that's really how it keeps going. <laughs> I'm trying to get more muscles right now too. What's your best yeah. tip? Protein shakes? I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, I would say the best tip honestly is eat as much protein as you can and really just make sure that you're consistent. So, you know, if you want to build more muscle, you have to maintain the same amount of nutrients that you keep going and putting all that in your body. Carbs are not bad. I think people say that all the time. Carbs are bad. They are not bad. And they're going to help you on your process to building and definitely retaining that muscle. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, like all I want is abs, AJ. <laughs> hey, I, I, I put on my Instagram abs with AJ all the time. Just go look at my IG for some oh my abs. God. Okay, great. Yeah. Interesting. Are there carbohydrates that you don't eat? I mean, like I actually do eat carbs, but I try to focus it on, I try to think, eat things like sweet potato and potato and like brown rice and stuff like that. So, I mean, I feel like I've learned and I put that in air quotes, learned that there are good carbs and bad carbs. And it's about sort of like the source of them. But are you saying that like, you can kind of eat any carbs and that's okay. Or are you careful about the source of them? I eat just about any carbs, but I think that it really is it's important to think about what you're eating. So instead of maybe eating yellow rice, right, which has a lot more of that extra stuff that maybe isn't good for you, eat maybe jasmine rice. Mm -hmm. So these things where people are trying to stray away from as far as I don't want to eat rice, what can it maybe eat quinoa instead? Quinoa is amazing because of the nutrients that it has. I don't think you should look at it as something that's replacing rice, but maybe something that you add to it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just think kind of changing the way I think we've been conditioned to think how bad carbs are yeah. and really want to look at the ingredients that are in those carbs. If it's yeah. just giving you exactly what the nutrients come from that specific carb, perfect. If it's giving you xyz elemental p along with it then it's like okay i probably sugar, just sugar in my bread <laughs> then i'm sorry what'd you say i said sugar in my bread you can like pick up sugar at the grocery or sorry you can pick up bread at the grocery store and like the ingredient list like has sugar on it and you're like oh, oh i know <laughs> yeah and, and honestly that's really what happens sometimes with bread like it turns to sugar in your body because yeah, of what yes. is in it it's metabolized into glucose yeah um all right so for you I feel like mental health is a big part of your life day to day. I mean, it is for everybody, but, but you know, to be and play in the industry that you're in, um, that is a particularly like male dominated industry. How has, how has that experience affected your mental health? I think that it's definitely very frustrating, you know, being a woman in an industry that is dominated by men and where you are struggling constantly to just be acknowledged for your successes the way that the men are. And, yeah. you know, a lot of the times, if you are a woman that is succeeding, you have to be this and that. So if you're really great at what you do, you also have to be attractive to get mm -hmm. the attention, whereas a man just needs to be good. And so, you know, at the end of the day, I think for me, it just kind of came down to controlling what it is that I can control. I can't control what they say about me. I can't control how much they put me on TV, but I can control what it is that I am distributing. I can't control what I'm putting out. And yeah. so that is really what allowed me to take or to really channel my frustration so that I'm using it to continue to get better as an athlete rather than sit back and be really aggravated that I'm not getting what I should be getting or more of that. Hmm. Yeah. I think that that is, 
a very peaceful way to think about it and approach it, right? <laughs> Women in sports only get 3% of sports coverage. That's crazy to me. Yeah, it's rough. It's think, changing, but. It, yeah, I was going to ask a sort of a follow-up question. Do you think that we're like currently working towards a better future for female athletes? I think that 2020 was definitely a year where we saw more of a push and it was because it was kind of forced, right? Everyone's at home. So more of the women that have been playing are on TV and now you have these opportunities to catch them. I think so many times the people that argue about putting women on television is it's the chicken or the egg conversation, right? Should we wait till they have more fans? And then it's like, okay, let's put them on. Or does putting them on television actually bring the fans? And what I think people are realizing is that if you put them on TV, people will come. They will realize how much they love softball, basketball, soccer, whatever it is. And so I, right now they have no excuse. I mean, so many different leagues have had a huge increase in numbers as far as people watching their games. And so for 2021, there should be no excuse as to why you cannot put these same women back on TV. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Um, So I'm curious when you're not playing sports or hosting, you have like five jobs. (laughs) How do you, how do you spend your time? Like what does self-care look like for you? Yeah. Self-care for me is a lot of meditation and journaling. Oh, what meditation do you do? I honestly, it's really every single morning and I just wake up and I'll either put on, I put on either like 528 Hertz or I'll put on just sounds of rain and just sit back and kind of think as far as what it is that I want to get done in my day. And then just allow my brain to go to complete peace and try not to think about anything, whatever comes in, I let it flow out um, Mm -hmm. and really just give myself that peace of mind for the day. And then start with writing what I'm grateful for and really start the journaling so that I can start off my day excited and focused and not let negative energy affect me. How did you like adopt and develop that practice of journaling? Because I I meditate from time to time, but I've never been able to get into journaling, but people that do it love it. So how did you even like, what am I even trying to ask? How did you like start that practice? Because when I wake up in the morning, I wanna go from my cell phone, then roll out of bed, then have coffee. And I feel like that is a really hard pattern to break. So I guess what I'm asking is, how did you do that? Yeah, no, it definitely is hard. It's hard to be consistent for sure. I think that for me, it just came down to knowing what I wanted. And I remember even, I remember listening to people talk about manifestations and different goals that you want to reach and how it is that you should start your day. And I began reading a lot more books that kind of spoke to that. And everyone's like, the first hour, do not touch your phone. I'm like, God, okay, well, what am I going to do that first hour if I don't touch my phone? And so then that's when I'm like, okay, well, I can journal, talk about things, write what I want to write. I actually really love poetry. And I had stopped writing poetry, probably going into college, just had a lot of things I was doing besides that. So sometimes I'll put in my journals and make them more in a poem form, just finding something that. that... I enjoy, yeah, to kind of take away from that time so that I am have that hour to myself before I am on my phone the rest of the day. (laughs) I'm really impressed with that because I wake up every morning in fear of what's happened in my inbox overnight or what's happened on my social channels overnight. (laughs) I 
<laughs> like, oh no, what do I have to deal with today? <laughs> it's true though. It's true. I mean, that's really become our lives. So, you know, I think if you like wake up early where it doesn't seem like, oh, can we get an hour earlier? I normally wake up at eight, I wake up at seven, give myself that hour of peace mm-hmm. and then go back to the doom scrolling. <laughs> doom scrolling. Normal, <laughs> normal I- is planned. I haven't heard that term, but I love it. Is that like something people say and I'm just out of the loop? I feel like that's been really adopted this 2020. Yeah. And as of late, the current events, it's just kind of like, God, there's, is there any good news? Yeah. So <laughs> oh God, that's funny. Um, well, I would love to check out some of your poetry. I think that's fun. Um, all right. Just a couple of questions for you. These are questions that I ask everybody that comes on the show. The first is what is your secret ritual? This is something that you do that helps you feel happier, helps you unwind, but you do it in private. <laughs> hmm. I've gotten all kinds of answers, by the way. <laughs> What do I do? I mean, the first thing that came to my mind was, okay, so it's kind of weird, but it's fine. So like, I'll sit in my shower. Like it's like, I don't go, sometimes I don't take showers to take showers. Like I sit because I am very relaxed by just the water running and it just like hitting me. So I'll like just sit in my shower and just be like, sometimes even just fall asleep in my shower, but like, I have to do it every day. There's no like time that I do it, but whenever I'm just getting over, I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to go take a shower. And I'm, and I'm really not taking when I'm sitting down. (laughs) I love that. I used to do that constantly growing up and I'm like big into hydrotherapy. And I literally, even today will just sit in my shower for 30 minutes. I know it's like a waste of water, but Oh my God, it's so amazing. We have the same secret ritual. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Same. The amount of baths I take and the sitting that I do in the shower is like beyond. <laughs> really though. I'm so like, and I didn't know people always ask me, Asia, you take so many showers. I'm like, yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just sleeping. I'm just laying down in there. Don't worry about it. Oh my God. That's so funny. Um, yeah. I literally do the same thing. Two pieces in a pod. Um, my last question for you is what is one thing that you do now that you wish that you had learned earlier in your career, in your life, however you want to apply it? Yeah, that whatever it is that you want in this world, you have to become it. And um, I think that in regards to having learned that so many things I wanted, I've, I've wanted so bad. I felt like I, it just wasn't happening. I would stress myself out and things like that just, they never really came. And once I realized that, well, if this is what I want, I'm going to become it. I'm going to do what I have to do. I'm going to just relax and let what's supposed to come, come. And once literally immediately after I began doing that, things started flushing to me. And so I would have saved myself a lot of stress had I known that if I can, whatever it is I want to achieve, become it. Don't wait for other people, build your own table. Wow. I love that. That's a great shift in perspective and energy, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. I've been working on trying to do that myself the past couple of years and it's, it's working, you know, it is, it just keeps your vibes high. I'm just, and I'm so sensitive to like negative vibrations now because I work so much on my own. Mm -hmm. I'm like, ah, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna stay where the vibes are high, you know, and you know, just you're doing what's going to be best for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great tip. I love that. 
Um, well, thank you so much to my guest, AJ Andrews. This is I Love Wellness. Please don't forget to subscribe, share, and rate the podcast and tune in to AJ's new show at the end of February. It is Barrier Breaking Women with AJ Andrews. Thanks, AJ. Thank you. Thanks for having me.